Welcome into Beers and Buckets, the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Connor, and like always, I'm joined by Kyle, Dow, and Matt. And today we are also joined by TJ Walker. TJ, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm TJ Walker. Uh, happy to be here and, and thankful that you all asked me to join. I think this is a really cool concept for a podcast, which, uh, you know, podcasts becoming more and more increasingly popular. You got to kind of have a corner of the of the podcasting world. I think beer, basketball, college hoops. I think you all found a pretty good avenue. Uh, there's a lot of folks out me out there like me that like beer, like college basketball. So uh, I've been doing radio and covering, I guess, college basketball in some degree. Since 2009, uh, started with Rivals and CatsIllustrated.com in 2011, uh, left there when I was hired at Kentucky Sports Radio in 2018. I was there about a year. I always kind of wanted to get out of the covering the recruiting aspect of writing, just having to be dependent on 16 17 year old kids to call you back was not something I wanted to do into my 30s or into my 40s, but it was. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people I worked with at Cats Illustrated and Kentucky Sports Radio.com for the, uh, for I guess the combined eight or nine years that I was doing that stuff. I still do the radio show. I've been doing radio since as long as I've been doing journalism. So I think actually maybe a year later, 2010. And I've been doing radio at Big X Sports Radio since 2013. So that's coming up on eight years now, or I guess nine. Well, yeah, it'll be nine years here soon, um, which is crazy to think about. And that show, Kentucky Roll Call, I've been doing for three years with Nick Roush. And that's from seven to nine, Monday through Friday on BigXSportsRadio.com. If you follow me on Twitter, Roush on Twitter, I'm sure you all have seen us tweet it out. So anybody wondering how to listen, there, there you go. Or just search Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, because most people do listen on podcasts because most of our listeners are outside of the Louisville listening area. So that's that's me um, in my – so I guess really that's part-time job, radio. Full-time, I'm a real estate appraiser. Uh, went full-time with that probably in about 2018. I knew that I kind of wanted to do something a little different, ideally maybe make a little bit more money than journalists. Uh, then you can get in journalism, and that's the thing. The money's not terrible mm-hmm. in journalism, but those folks work really, really hard for not big paychecks. So I was ready to kind of do something else, go to a different avenue. And that's uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. We just welcomed our first baby in the world, my wife and I, in October. She just turned two months the other day. So that's what's going on personally. I think, uh, Connor, that's a pretty thorough introduction, no? No, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah congratulations it. on the new dad vibes. That's awesome, Thank you. Man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I, I was about I, to ask. Are you an actual dad, or do you just walk around the hospital welcoming babies into the world? Like, hey, <laughs> welcome to the world, baby. I'm getting far too little sleep, Matt, if I'm not an actual dad. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what that screaming toddler is doing in our room if it's not ours. But, no, mm-hmm. it's been it's been an experience. It's been really cool. And the wife has just been an absolute rock star. Early on, a dad's any body that's been a dad wives do the heavy lifting um and maybe that never changes i don't know but two months in so far i'm lucky to have a good wife that 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 does most of uh, pretty much everything yeah we're gonna we're gonna jump into this a little bit of top news there was a couple of upsets this week i don't know what games did you guys watch this week i know we talk about it in the group chat all the time but what games did you guys see um what stuck out to you you know what happened to college basketball this week i'm gonna steal matt's thunder here and talk about uh the bama gonzaga game that's probably the best game that I watched was was crazy because I turned it on, was flipping between that and a couple uh, football games. But um, like turned it on, 
Bam was blowing him out, turned it back. Gonzaga had gone on an 11-0 run and was still down by like 12 or 13. Just like crazy to see Bama get out to such a uh, such a hot start and um, give Gonzaga their what's that their that's their second loss, right? Um, right. Give them their mm-hmm. second loss. Uh, granted, two pretty solid losses uh, on on their uh, on their resume so far. But um, yeah, that's the that was the game of the week in my opinion. That was yeah. a great game. I watched a little bit of that one, and I, I think mean, we saw that uh, we saw that Duke was human, right? Yeah, that game was very fun to watch. They're freshmen and they're human, and you know mm-hmm. they're they're really good. They're really talented, but you know when you have freshmen, you know, dominating the ball and and things like that, then you know you're going to see some questionable shots. You're going to see, you know, some discombobulation out there. So, I think we saw Duke is human, and um, they're beatable. Ohio State, you know, has some talent, and they executed well down the stretch, and Duke didn't, and that's what happens on the road you know, a lot of times for young teams. So we saw that. Duke losing their first road game of the year is shocking. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was my biggest takeaway is that you can complain all you want about the the month of November, our schedule outside the Duke game, but just hold on tight because these tough games are going to start rolling in. Even at Notre Dame, then Ohio State, which can clearly get it done. You got Louisville, as much as I hate it, being a rivalry game. And then the SEC just seems legit. Um, all across the board. Cause I know it was kind of a running gag on this show where we say, "Oh, who's the who's the wacky uh, the wacky team that the SEC well, loses to?" Uh, they I also think that's Texas Texas Southern, right? <laughs> but Mike, so it, Mike Davis, and I Burn, think in Florida. And I think it was also ironic that there was some traction. I don't know how true it is. I just see what I read on Twitter about uh, Nate Oates to Maryland, and then he just comes out here and beats Gonzaga. Um, showing that what he has in Alabama is pretty good and that you can win the SEC and become the number one team in football while taking down a top three team in basketball all on the same day and get plenty of love. So uh, this is my favorite time of the year, bowl season rolling into conference play. So uh, I'm just here for all that magic. How many losses do you all think Gonzaga has to have for them to drop out of the top 10? Right now they're at two in early December and they just fell to five today. So not a bad gig for Gonzaga. Just lose all the games you want and then just drop down, like right. don't even fall outside of the top five. I think we got them at what, 12? We have them at 12 to give you, give them a Give you a preview, but yeah, we've got them yeah. at 12. So that's where you want to get your top 25. That's uh, what I like to hear. That's I mean, what I like, like to hear. It's not that they lost to Bama. It's how they lost to Bama. I mean, they did make a run like Dallas said, but then they just completely just crapped the bed um, yeah. to close out. And so I think that, I mean, like I said, I, I got called a madman for saying that last year's Gonzaga team was better, but, I mean, they went to the championship game, so – I mean, it kind of proves that they were a little bit better so far, and I yeah. don't think the front court can get it done, or the back court, excuse me, yeah, can get it done. Their guard play isn't isn't nearly at the level it was last year, right now. So, agreed. And their front court's awesome, and it'll only yeah. get better with Chet as he gets better and better. And Timmy already is such a mass, matchup problem for so many front court players. But I don't know if their back court is going to be good enough to to beat another great back court in March. Uh, there's there's going to be they're the first good backcourt they meet in the tournament. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost, whether that's in the round of 32 or Sweet 16. All that's just luck of the draw. But I'm I'm a big believer in guards in March. I know that's kind of cliche. Uh, generally, yeah. you can point to a lot of bigs that dominate in March. Anthony Davis, obviously, one of them. But I tried and true. You look at the elite eight most of the time, and six of those teams are going to have really good backcourts. So I'm a big believer in guards in March, and I, I think that's going to be Gonzaga's yeah. big big hiccup. It's just 
just Nimhard and some young dudes that are trying to figure it out, right? I'm just not a Nimhard believer. Like Nimhard's a good player, like a really nice oh, yeah. player. But he's to a, to to win a national title yeah. as like the lead guard, I'm not. He's buying probably that. not the no. leader. Yeah, he's probably not the lead guard that you need to go all the way. You know, you there's a part of me that thinks like Marcus Teague. Right, who was who was a great point guard on a national championship team? I don't think you can get much worse than Teague and right. feel confident about winning a national championship. Going to a Final Four, sure, winning a national championship, absolutely. But Teague was a really, really good guard. But he was a freshman, and he made a lot of mistakes. Yep. And people mm-hmm. forget, you know, he turned it on big time in the tournament in 2012. And if he doesn't play as well as he did, I think Kentucky probably still wins. But they don't cruise as easily and as a lot they of people, did in that March. But yeah, you got to have a good guard for it. A lot of people forget that uh, who was North Carolina's point guard. I'm drawing a blank. He got they got hurt in the elite eight. Was it? Mar- I always get Marcus Page and Joel Berry confused. Yeah, it was, um, that was a Kendall. Kendall, Kendall yeah, Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. Yeah, they had like a run of three, yeah. and they all kind of looked the same, and they all played right. very similar, well, similarly. And if and if he doesn't get hurt, I mean they the, they would have given UK every bit of a game, you know. So that was you know a big deal in that final four going into that final four, him getting hurt. So. He he would have been somebody that could have slowed down Teague a lot, and he was an unbelievable passer and distributor. So, um, but Teague did you know kind of catch fire the last six weeks or so of the season and hit a lot of big shots and and made a lot of good plays. So played really yeah. smart, right? To right. your point about Gonzaga's ranking, I, I said I think it'd be four losses, and the reason that is if you've seen the movie um, Wolf of Wall Street, there's that Matthew McConaughey scene where he's like, "It's a fagazi, it's a forgot you know, it's all that because. Mm-hmm. That's really all that you have to do when it comes to Gonzaga is you just keep them ranked in the top 10 and it makes you look good. And then when conference play rolls around, they're going to beat everybody by 80 and they're going to be like, well, see, I was smart for keeping them number five. When actually, when you look at the paper, they're, they're going to be 36 and four or, or 26 and four or something like that and have like very little good wins. But I think it's, and that's one thing I'm kind of curious about from your standpoint, when a lot of people are putting out these rankings, do you think they just keep it smart and say, hey, we're going to look real smart if we put Gonzaga here at five, knowing when March rolls around, they're going to have like 50, 30-point wins when they beat up on the school of the blind here in whatever conference they're in. Like, I just feel like that's voters trying to look smart. Almost in the same way in football, they keep Kentucky out because inevitably we're going to drop a couple, and they're like, well, see, I was smart to never put them in. I think they do the same thing to Gonzaga basketball, knowing – that on paper, when March rolls around, they're going to be a one seed. They're going to have three or four losses, and then you get to kind of tip your hat. And then when they lose in the Elite Eight, like you said, they can say, well, I, that's not my fault. They just didn't have a backcourt. And, and so it's kind of like hedging their bets to sound smart. That's why I think it'll take four or five losses before they even get out of the top ten. Yeah. Yeah, what I, I would add that you just got to remember voters, and I get super frustrated with it. Voters probably – pound for pound, watch less basketball than you all do. Maybe maybe with an exception or two, you get a basketball nut. But those people get those votes. They hold them like a badge of honor, and they keep up with the sport not a ton. They'll keep up with the teams they cover, but they don't keep up with the sport as a whole. College basketball is hard to keep up with. When you consider how many teams there are, how many conferences there are, how little the regular season really technically means. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it can matter for seeding, but very it's, it's not overly common where one or two regular season games in January make or break a team's tournament. It could in hindsight, but you always have so much time to make up for it. So a lot of folks will just vote 
they'll cover their team and then they don't really want they'll they'll catch scores uh they'll right. catch a highlight they'll see what other people are talking about so you I, I would guarantee that all of us collectively know more about college basketball than 95 percent of the voters and secondly how, how you gotta like what a sweet job gonzaga is though you know i kind of made a joke about it but it is true you can schedule stuff as you want in november and december you know you're going to cruise through your dog poop conference. I'm not sure what words I can say on this podcast or not, so I'll keep it safe. But you know you're going to cruise through your dog poop conference, and you're going to get a one or a two seed. Like, who wouldn't want to have that job where, and, you know, you only get a one-game suspension for taking a little joyride with a little... Exhibition uh, suspension, too. (laughs) Not even a real game. On top of that. That's a pretty sweet gig, though. Like, what you do in November and December really doesn't matter. You know you're going to get a conference champion. The only team that's really worth a fart is St. Mary's out there. And then, boom, one or two seed. And, yeah, um, you can make a case that their lack of strength of schedule and conference play can hurt them. I think it does. But still, what a good position to be. Who doesn't want to be a one or two seed? There's a reason Feud's been around so long. Yeah, no doubt. Not going. I think the same thing for top recruits. I mean, if you're not every one of them, but if you're a – a point guard or somebody and, and you go out there you get to try your hand at the best competition for the next couple months and like you said if you fall on your ass you still get you're going to have 20 games where probably any five-star recruit is going to put up massive numbers and still look good to uh you know draft boards and, and what have you all right let's move on to a little bit of questions that we have for you tj we know your sports teams if you listen to kentucky roll call you're a packers guy you're obviously a kentucky guy and unfortunately, you're a Boston uh, Red Sox guy, which is just the absolute worst. But uh, what's your favorite NBA team? I don't think I've ever picked that up before. Um, NBA, it's probably default Celtics, but generally just follow mostly Kentucky guys. And the Celtics have made it very hard by doing pretty much the exact opposite of getting Kentucky guys. They've gotten Duke guys right, and right. Uh, guys that have eliminated Kentucky from national championships and final fours and stuff like that. So they've made it tough. That's just my default um, probably, but I was rooting for the Suns during their run in the bubble a few years back with hero and bam and stuff like that. So mostly which team has the UK players I like better, but I still find myself rooting for the Celtics more than not. But NBA, I, I'm I'm holding out hope in my lifetime, and I don't think it's sad. I used to think it was going to happen. I don't anymore. My lifetime, I want a team coming back to Louisville, and then that will be my NBA team. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a Magic fan, but if Louisville ever gets a team, I'm probably going to be a Louisville fan just because, I mean, like, I would love to see that happen. For what, sure. you're going to bounce off being a Magic fan? That's going to be tough for you. Secondary team, but, I mean, it's not too hard to leave the Magic fan. No, I promise you that. <laughs> I think about it once a week at least. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Matt? Let me ask you that because I think about that a lot. Like ideally, what is the best realistic scenario for Louisville getting a – not an expansion team but like a team to move here? Like for for years I always said it would be the Bucks, but now that they want a title, I don't don't see they're going anywhere. You know, so if you could pick – I mean, obviously, like you can't move the Lakers, you can't move the Celtics. Sure. But if you could have some flexibility, if you could pick a team – what team would you move to Louisville that would make it the most interesting route? Like for me, I, years ago, I would have loved to see Seattle move here and been the Louisville Thunder with KD and that squad. That would have been perfect. But, you know, that's just kind of a his. like if you could pick, what would you go with? Well, you know why the Thunder got that team is because New Orleans had just gotten a team and then the Hurricane, they needed a place to go play in 2005. OKC did such a good job. 
hosting them for whatever extended period of time they hosted them for. And the NBA was like, all right, hey, you're going to get one. Then next time we come back around, you're going to get one. And they did. Uh, and I don't think I don't know if people remember just how close Memphis was to coming to Louisville. They had a press conference in Louisville, yeah. like where they were like, hey, the Vancouver Grizzlies, they're coming here. And then a lot of funny business with the University of Louisville and the city and some deals they said they, they were going to do and then they weren't going to do. And eventually Memphis uh, or the Grizzlies said, we ain't messing around. We know Memphis has an arena ready for us. They have a fit. They have the money set up for us. Then Louisville, you, you all don't have your crap together. We're heading down south. I'd like to see Memphis come back. I don't know. Maybe at the time it was a good thing they didn't come here because they haven't been all that good. But when you're kind of talking about, we call them stonks on KRC, Kentucky Roll Call, if you're talking about team stonks moving forward, Grizzlies are as high. I mean, who wouldn't want to go watch John Morant play basketball for like 15 bucks if you had a chance to do that? I would, you know, and I, I wasn't like a huge John Morant fan in college. How could you not enjoy watching him play He's so good? But uh, yeah, I would uh, bring me the Grizzlies. I think it's realistic. Nobody in Memphis cares about basketball. No offense to people in Memphis. I'm sure we'll talk about Memphis basketball here soon enough. Uh, nobody in Memphis cares about basketball. Bring them back home. It's where they're supposed to be. That's what I would say. And fans would find themselves a reason to root for John Morant, given his Murray State connection. Uh, I think that'd be about the best and most realistic. I mean, I mean, like I, you could joke with Connor here and say the Magic, like the Louisville Magic, just has a nice sound to it, but. Who they would totally rebrand. They would absolutely rebrand. rebrand. Sounds I mean, like Seattle and Vegas are above us in terms of getting teams, sadly. Yeah. And really the opportunity that you that Louisville had to get a team was with, um, with the pandemic with Toronto when they couldn't travel to Toronto. So Toronto had to move to Tampa. Um, but there was an opportunity that Louisville had to get that team there. And if that had happened, there could have been just like you said, the OKC situation. So, mm-hmm. All right, TJ, what's your favorite or go-to beer? Space dust. Anybody that's listened to Kentucky Roll Call to some degree is a uh, good old fashioned. Well, how do you pronounce it? Elysian? Elysian? I always hear it and then Elysian? I never remember. Elysian? No yeah. It's not exactly how you think it is, but I think Elysian's correct. Maybe not. Uh, regardless, whatever it is. <laughs> Space dust. It's very strong. But the thing I like about it, very simple. It's not something that. Like, I'm just naturally, when it comes to food or drink, like, if it's in front of me, I'm going to eat it. And if it's in front of me, I'm going to drink it. And I've got this, like, tick in my brain that wants to eat things and drink things very fastly. The thing I like most about Space Dust, you can't really drink it fast. One, you'll just get hammered or get too drunk. But two, it's just, it's like you sip it, you put it down. You sip it about, like, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes later, you put it down. That's the thing I like about it most is it's just a very slow, drinkable beer. And maybe that's – maybe somebody would be like, you could make any beer a drinkable beer if you just slow down on it. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't work that way for me. So I'm a big Space Dust fan. Very hoppy. If you're not a big hop guy or gal, it's probably not for you. Um, and I'm not a big hop guy or gal, but there's something here that's, like, just the perfect kind of blend of it's a strong beer, very drinkable – and you only need about like kind of two of them to feel a little loosey goosey, and then that's cool too. Unlike if I want to drink Bud Light, you know, it'd be like twelve of them. So yeah, yeah, that's I my beer that for sure. That's my beer I'm drinking. I tried that per your recommendation on KRC before, and I was like, this was a mistake. I'm just not a hop guy. I'm just not a hoppy guy at all. I would but, say like give it, drink one, and like it, it is not an acquired taste so much as it is like. I think once you kind of get a feel for it, your taste buds adjust. So yeah, I guess maybe an acquired taste would be the word I'm looking for. It's an eight, it's an 8.2. So 8.2, 62 IBU. So it's got some pop to it. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. 
All right, I have one more question, and then we'll move on to a couple other segments. Yeah, but yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's Go it's Elysian it. because the like Elysian yeah. fields were where all of the like Greek heroes that yeah. passed away in Greek mythology. That's where they like that's their like final resting place, kind of like Valhalla is in Norse mythology. So that's the Dow. You know, I'm a big history guy. I love that. <laughs> I had no idea. That's great. Thank you for that. All right, so um, I hate bringing up last season for Kentucky fans just because. Last season was the absolute worst season we've all had in our lifetimes, unless you're like 80. So, but I have to bring it up because it's a, I feel like it's a controversial topic. Maybe not, but I got tweeted at by a certain radio personality um, in the Lexington area saying that um, it's, I'm a grown man and it's my fault that I shouldn't blame any sports media for any expectations I have for a basketball team. You have you, yeah, you well, were in journalism. Yeah. You're in journalist school. So like can you can you elaborate on that and why that why I feel like I, I'm in the wrong or I'm in the right here and the other person might be just like a little butt hurt? Well, so the the issue is uh, on a technicality probably has you in the sense of like each person, regardless of its sports or whatever it may be, should formulate their own opinion based on what they see and they feel. That being said, if a weatherman just told you a bullshit forecast every day, you're not going to like that weatherman. Like, you're going to have some issues and say, hey, I thought that we were supposed to do this or supposed to do that. I was expecting it to be like this based on what you told me, and I always thought that you were to be trusted. So, yeah, if you come out and you have these high expectations and you end up being terribly wrong on them, and on KRC, we, you know, we always get pumped up for a season, but it didn't take too long to see that there was some serious issues with last year's Kentucky team. So yeah. on the one hand, you got to, at the end of the day, you can listen to any and everybody. You can listen to opinions. You can, you can hear things that you think are great points. You can hear things that you couldn't disagree with more. And you got to formulate your own opinion by kind of picking and pulling things you hear from different folks. That being said, if somebody is dead wrong about things, it's best to own up to it and not blame people for, listening to you too much right like that's never a good thing you want to do if you're doing a radio show or a podcast you don't want to blame people if if Roush and I every day were saying hey Kentucky's going to beat Louisville in football Kentucky's going to beat Louisville in football Kentucky's going to beat Louisville in football which we did if we came back that Monday after Louisville had won if they had won which they were never going to (laughs) and we just said yeah you all are dumb for listening to us. You should know that we would be wrong. I would imagine people probably wouldn't listen to us too much going forward. Not that we're not wrong from time to time. We are. But when we really, really feel confidently about something, you got to own up to it one way or another. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I appreciate about Kentucky Roll Call is the ownership that you guys have on it. First, you don't take yourself too seriously, and I appreciate that because some people just do that in general. And uh, you know, certain UofL media member that we all know and hate you know, does that for sure. So, um, but you know, like you guys don't take yourself too seriously, but you give out good content and, uh, you know, I just appreciate the ownership aspect of it for sure. So, all right, let's move on to shark tank upsets. Speaking of upsets and uh, Florida hate shout out to, was it Texas Southern that's beating them right now? Who is it? Yeah. Oh, and seven going into that game. Oh my gosh. You love to see it. All my Florida friends. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the part of the, the podcast where we pitch a game that's upcoming and it's a prime for upset game. Um, we have the we have to provide stats or a reasoning to persuade the other hosts to buy in. And Sharks can either buy a pint, a case, a keg, or they can be completely out. I like Matt, Matt's idea today to say 
um, instead of say uh, I'm out, you could say are you drunk, and then just say I'm out. Yeah. So we just add that in there because some of them are going to be a little ridiculous, I'm sure. So let's go ahead and pitch some upsets, sharks. Well, I will start because I probably am the drunkest. I'm going with. I had to check the date here. December ninth, we got uh, Purdue at Rutgers. And uh, my man Connor here said, hey, we got to come up here with some stats. We got to come here with some – I come here with gut feeling. And today it might be beer gut feeling, but I'm just thinking you see these teams that are, are always having this great season. They don't – they seldom lose at Michigan, at Ohio State, or in this example. You know, it's Duke. They, they seldom lose at North Carolina. It's maybe Kentucky. They always bring their A game to at Tennessee. It's always that at question mark. That's their downfall. And I'm coming in early, so I might be just obliterated drunk right now with this, but I'm saying Rutgers two-point win over Purdue Thursday night, whatever time that game happens. You you're drunk. You're drunk. Them. You're drunk. I'm out. <laughs> you're, or do you wait till the end to do it, or do people just go? No, you no, said halfway. Yeah, right, you're away. Said, right away. <laughs> you're going to set it halfway through. You're out. You're halfway through. You're, I'm out, Matt. Get out of here, buddy. Um, I think Purdue's so good. <laughs> God, I, it's weird that I'm saying that about a Matt Painter team, but um, I get I get where your head's at. I'm I'm out though, unfortunately. Yeah, you're cut off, buddy. You're done. <laughs> you're done. I would have if you would have pitched uh, like Rutgers over 23 Seton Hall. I might have bought a little bit on that, but definitely not Purdue. I mean, definitely not Purdue. They just I've ha- they've been my Final Four team since the beginning of the podcast. So. I uh, can't can't go against them, especially against Rutgers. You know, they might be a football program, but they are dang sure not a basketball program. So mm. um, I got a question for the other Sharks. Uh, what's better, an effective field goal percentage of 62.2 percent or an effective field goal percentage of 43.5 percent? Because that's the difference between Rutgers and Purdue. Yeah, even Colonel Sanders says, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. You're too drunk to buy this this year. So. This is going to be the ring doorbell. When you guys are sitting there and they rush the court, like, that mother. Yeah. Good on you, Matt. Hold strong. Don't let us bully you out of it. Don't let no, us no. bully you out of your dreams. Hey, I told Connor when they said, when he said we we're going to start bringing in uh, some journalists listening people for sports opinion i said i have my own i don't need theirs i'm riding this one yeah we don't have too many guests we don't have any experts on krc because what are they going to tell roush now that we don't already know you know matt i like the way you think buddy riding solo by yourself on that one bud <laughs> you're gonna get drunk off your own beer all right somebody pitch another one yeah. all right i'll, I'll- Oh, no, you go, TJ. You got it. All right, I'll go quick. I, I I like Texas Tech to upset Tennessee tomorrow. Maybe somebody has that. If they do, I've got a backup one if need be. It's the Jimmy V game in New York, and the only reason I'm picking Texas Tech, I think, to be able to pull it off is the last – the only team that Tennessee's played that really focuses and hunches in on defense was Villanova, and we saw what Villanova did to Tennessee. Um they looked significantly better. It was a complete blowout of a game. This one's in New York, and I just think that I think Tennessee is not going to be ready defensively yeah. or offensively for what Texas Tech's going to throw out defensively. Texas Tech by three in a close one. Mm, I like that. I'll take a uh, case of that, TJ. Oh, Serve yeah, it up. All right. Let's go. Hey, you got two pegs from me because that was going to be my upset pick, but I have plenty others, so it's all good. No, man, we're we're riding this together. We got a party going down. I like that one too. That was my backup. All right. 
Good call. Make me feel good. You guys are you guys are nice to guess. That's a good way to get people to come back. Be nice to them. So far, does, does Texas Tech have <laughs> the Moretti kid? Because the the Moretti versus Vescovi matchup, it's an all time hair matchup, would be an unbelievable matchup if they still all time hair matchup right there. He's gone, sadly. You must have all your chips because you're stone cold sober on this one. I will take all the kegs. I think teams with the transfer portal and with other teams getting into the one-and-done market, we're going to see teams experience what Kentucky fans have experienced for the last decade, and it's with teams with young freshman point guards early in the season, neutral court or a road game, big matchups. You're going to struggle, just like in the history in the past, Kentucky's lost to Ohio State and UCLA and, and Utah. I, I completely all in on this one. I think um, these some of these freshmen are just going to struggle. Big light. Give me Texas A&M. I'll buy all the kegs. My dude's sobers can be over there. I will also buy in, and I think the main reason I'm buying in uh, is Marcos Sano Silva, or Marcus Sano Silva, the transfer from VCU that they got two years ago. He's second in the nation in offensive rebound percentage, and Tennessee does not – defensive rebound very well. So I think that Texas Tech gets a ton of second chance points. I'll uh I'll go in I'll go in for a case as well. I'll get in on the party. Love it. Love it. And uh very briefly he was a UK target. Um yeah, he, for like a cup of coffee he was thrown around there, Santos Silva before last season, if I'm not mistaken. Although I guess Kentucky could have used him or literally anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I was big on him coming before uh Sar came, I believe. Yeah, he was six seven, so it was kind of like a tough fit. But a yeah, two fifty uh, with the way UK rebounded loved, last year, any of us five could have gone out there exactly. and probably helped. I love Let's those see. six seven, six eight, two hundred fifty pound dudes that'll just move people out of the way. I love you. Got to have one of those guys, you know. Yeah, Texas Tech has also forced twenty eight point one percent of turnovers on all possessions, and they're eighth in the nation. And I just think they're going to pick uh, Kennedy Chandler apart a little bit tomorrow. It'll be his worst game since Villanova. He won't be as bad, but. He's not going to look as good as he's been against these you know, lower-level schools. I was going to say, Tennessee is also last in free-throw attempts uh, per field goal attempt, so that's not good. Oh, my gosh. You all came with, like, the hard snap. <laughs> Making me feel so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not getting all deep into the stats like Dow does usually. I'm a more of a gut guy, too, even though I have less of a gut these days. But uh, right. so I am going to go with – Arkansas is going to Oklahoma. I'm taking Oklahoma to upset the Hogs. You know, both teams are very, very similar, but I'm betting on uh, Porter Mosier put together a game plan to keep Arkansas, you know, kind of shut down from three. You know, both teams are very similar. Neither of them have a whole lot of depth. Arkansas has some decent depth, but uh, they've got Oklahoma only has about six guys that they play, you know, most of the minutes, six, seven guys. So, Foul trouble could be an issue uh, with the way Arkansas plays, you know, keeping guys like Note and everything out of the lane. And and Note's averaging three steals a game, so turnovers can be an issue. But I think Oklahoma is a solid team, especially at home. So I'm going to take the Sooners about six in this game. So what do you guys think, Sharks? Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for that because that was my second backup, my backup pick. So um, I'm definitely you know all in on that one. Uh, mm. I don't have all the stats to prove it like I did right. in my first pick, but I uh, I really think, you know, speaking of uh, Porter Mosier, I think once he gets it, like I want to see how he does recruiting-wise, but I think he's one yeah. of the better coaches in college basketball right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Like what sure. he's done at Loyola Chicago and then to go to Oklahoma, 
Yeah. That'll be great for him, especially when yeah. he, I'm excited to see him join the SEC and what he can do there. When you say better, one of the better coaches, like five, ten, how many better coaches do you think there are in college basketball? Man, it's tough. I, like I'll say, I'll say he's a, a top fifteen coach right now. Okay, and I, that's, like, that's fair. I was going to, I was going to maybe push back on top ten. <laughs> no, like I, I, I say top fifteen because we've only seen him do a couple of like great. You know, we only see the two great runs that he had, Loyola Chicago, and then. You know, like I, I'd like to see a little bit more from him, and that will come with better recruiting at a bigger school. So I think that that'll help a lot. Um, but I think as far as X's and O's, I think he's a, a really solid, you know, coach all around. I agree. I mean, so game plan around those players in Illinois with what he had, I think that was pretty solid. I think Oklahoma is an underrated basketball job. You, uh, you know, basketball so much more nationally recruiting. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter so much where you're recruiting at. But first off, Texas is probably the best basketball state in the country. A lot of people take exception to that, but just time and time again, and no surprise, it's the biggest state, um, you know, outside of Alaska. So you're going to get a lot of talent there, obviously. But um, right next to Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma's an underrated job. I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if they're able to keep him when they get into the SEC, that they're like that that third or fourth team in the SEC that on any given year could be a real thorn in Kentucky's side, you know? A lot of people don't realize it, but Oklahoma has a tremendous tradition. I mean, yes. they've had a good basketball program off and on for the last, you know, three or four decades at least. So, And if they're good, their fans will, will their pack fans that get place. behind it. Yeah, they do. It's honestly, although I will say this, again, you got to you gotta call yourself out when you're wrong. I'm shocked A&M has been as bad in the SEC that they've been. I thought that they would, like, again, not compete for national titles and Final Fours, but I definitely thought they'd be a threat to win the SEC championship, and they were with Alex Caruso. They had that one stretch, yeah. but that was that's it. Since then, they've been junk. Buzz Williams hasn't gotten anything going there. Uh, all that being said, I'll put a case on that pick. I like it a lot, but I guess a keg would almost say you think it's going to happen. I think Arkansas is going to win a really close one. But yeah, I like, a very I like, even matchup. I like the pick. I like, I like, I like that that's where your head's at because I think this one will come down to the final possession. Sounds good. I'm out on this because, first off, we just talked about how awesome the SEC is, and I got to root for any future opponent. So uh, on Kentucky's schedule, so that's going to happen. And Porter Moser just sounds like somebody that would be like a paint company. So for those reasons, I'm out. You got it. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that Porter Moser is the best coach in this uh, in this matchup. I'm a big Muscleman fan. Wow, that's uh, true. So like, great coaching matchup. There's a lot of good. I mean, SEC basketball coaching in the last six years. It, it would be a fun exercise just to read the names like six or seven years ago, or when Calipari took over versus now. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a lot of good coaches in the league now. Yeah, it's not a shock that the league has taken a couple steps. I also, like, for some reason, obviously Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC has been a huge deal, but it always has, like, been segmented to football. I never realized until literally you saying that, TJ, that, like, we get Oklahoma and Texas basketball in the SEC, which is cool. Which is already Um, the best conference of basketball now anyways, and it's only going to get stronger taking two of the big 12 teams that are at the top usually. Easy, Connor. The haters and losers don't like to hear people say nice things about the SEC, basketball or football, but especially (laughs) not basketball. So be careful. If they realize we have that too, then folks are just going to lose their freaking mind. That's another thing is like Chris Beard in Texas, they ain't going anywhere. He has turned that into like almost overnight, like a top five program, just in terms of the resources, the players you can get. 
and they'll they'll be joining the SEC too. And they may be joining the SEC while Calipari's there, but it'll probably also be they're hitting their stride post Calipari. That'll be something to keep an eye on for Caps fans. Plus, all-time great Devin Askew will be like a junior <laughs> at that point. So. He'll be averaging 26 and 15 assists a game at that point, though. <laughs> um, I don't know if I actually said it, but I'm officially out on this. I don't know if you're really drunk for saying that this is going to be an upset, but I'm out. All right, I'll take it. What's up, your uh, upset? Did you pitch your upset? Uh, I have not. I have, I have two. So I have one that's a little bit crazy, and it's also a shout-out to one of my buddies, Paul, in a group message, who's a big Wyoming fan. Uh, I'm going to go Wyoming over Arizona. I'm also a little drunk on this one. I'm not sure if it's actually going to happen, but it seems fun. And looking at it, it's the first team Wyoming has played this year. They're undefeated. They're like 8-0, but they've played absolutely no one. But what's cool about this matchup is uh, Arizona is like one of the biggest teams in the country, and Wyoming's one of the few teams that actually seems to be able to match up size-wise with them. Plus, Graham Ike uh, is Wyoming's best player. He leads the country in usage rate and is second in the country in fouls drawn for 40 minutes. So could be a thing where he gets a couple of Arizona's bigs in foul trouble early, and they sneak out the win. But I think they're like a 12-point underdog, so – this is a pretty big, uh, big swing. Keg, all in on it. Love it. The you know so much about Wyoming. I'm, I'm all perfect. I'll buy Say a, less. I'll buy a pint, but I need to know: Did you were you high on Wyoming before the net rankings came out today, or was this like, oh wait, they're so high in the net rankings? Let me go see if I can pitch an upset. Um, no, I've been high on them strictly because in the group that I'm in, every time they win. My buddy Paul like sends the the screenshot of the score and is like go pokes. So I've just jumped on the bandwagon because of that. But they are 13th in the net rankings, which is pretty it's pretty high. significant. Yeah, pretty I'll take uh, two cases on this one. I do think uh, Josh Allen has a game winning touchdown to Larry Nance Jr. for the win. So yeah, I'm in. That's a, I love it. Scouting report. <laughs> you know how I bring them numbers. I was trying to like look up Wyoming and just to get a feel. Like, couldn't even pull it up in time. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the same. I was looking at that game also as a possible upset, just because I, you know Arizona may be due. It's just what Arizona does. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna have to sit this one out too. Dal, I'll return the favor for you, bud. That's, that's fair enough. I mean, Wyoming's best win right now is Grand Canyon. Yeah. So it's, it's not like they've exactly got played a. Played a ringer uh, of a. Schedule. You may be a little buzz too. <laughs> all right, so I am going. I have two, um, and like I said, these are backups, so I don't really have all the stats to uh, persuade you one way or the other. But um, I'm going to say Illinois over Arizona, and and my other one, in case y'all hate it, is Maryland over Florida. And we can say Maryland over Florida because Florida just crapped the bed tonight. What I will say that Maryland is not beating Florida, and I say this because, and this was something I was going to bring up later, regardless of how bad Florida is, as a Wake Forest fan who was there during the Danny Manning era, with Danny Manning becoming the interim head coach at Maryland, I don't have any faith in them to do anything. There you go. I, I appreciate so. that. Let's just stick with Illinois over Arizona <laughs> because we're already on the Arizona hate train here tonight, I guess. So um, Illinois over Arizona, Illinois won tonight against Iowa. I think that's the spark that they needed to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, hopefully uh, Curbelo comes back for this game and uh, they'll have Kofi. Kofi will have a point guard of somewhat decency to just kind of feed him the rock in the paint. But um, I think Illinois, I'd say Illinois maybe by like two, 
I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, Illinois just got that win as we speak. Yeah, that was a big win. At Iowa. Big win. Kofi had like 20 and 20. <sighs> Something like that in that, that game. Oscar's so. that line. He's trying to – yeah, he's trying to pull an Oscar. I yeah, would have to say that. 18-17, yep. I, I'd love to know. That's one thing I haven't – again, I you know, I don't have the, the connections I did back when I was riding and whatnot, but that's one thing I have not been able to get to the bottom to, even pulling out all my favors, is what the hell happened with UK and Kofi. Right. And why was UK seemingly not interested in him at all? Can't can't get an answer for it. The only thing I've been able to kind of pull is that it would have hurt Oscar's feelings. But one, doesn't seem like the type of dude. And two, when does Calipari ever really care about that? You know, right. when does he ever say, oh, we're going to have too much talent? But I like that pick. I I, I mean, I may not be all that hot of a take, but I'll, I'll go keg on it. Um. I like to pick two, and Connor can cut this out if he wants. But I, I agree, TJ. I think there was something about – I think there was a video that came out about how much Cal loved Oscar. They kind of hugged each other. and was like, I'm glad to see you here. Oscar seems like a big trust guy. I think Cal wanted to invest almost like a, a downhill runner, like a, like a Benny Snell-type running back. You just want to give him 40 carries. And I just think he wasn't willing to split the quote-unquote carries between Coffey and, and Oscar. And he was already – kind of committed to Oscar at that point. That's that's, the, that's kind of the only theory that I have. No, I think that's it. probably that's probably it to some degree. And, but like, you know, that trust with Oscar ain't going to do you too much if something, you know, if he turns a high ankle sprain in February, uh, that trust ain't going to get you too far. Gillis. All right, so is anyone else in on that one? You guys out? No, I'm in I'm, or I'm, I'm out in. because uh Arizona will have lost to Wyoming the game before this, so they're going to have to have a bounce-back game. No, two uh, losses in a row. Let's go for it. <laughs> I was in on right. yours. Two losses Stop in a row, game. baby. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, like I said with Wyoming, having the size to match up with Arizona. This is another game where, like, Kofi matching up with the size of Arizona is going to be super interesting. Um, I'm going to be out just because I don't think Kofi has enough around him to, to help, but uh, excited to watch this game. Yeah, I'm gonna be just out too again. Like I'm, eh, I appreciate I'm on the it. fence. I'm on the fence, but I'll uh, I'll sit this one out too. If I come with the hard stats to prove you otherwise, I think you probably would both be in. But I, I, uh, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, I, the funny thing is, we we I mean, who did Arizona beat to catapult themselves into the top twenty-five? It was Oregon, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that was like that. That was like the yeah. the big win was Oregon, and now like Oregon's out. So when we take rankings into consideration, it's like it was Michigan. Is Michigan well? Michigan too, just as like just as bad as a loss. Now it's like it's wild that we will will say like, oh well, this is a top you know twenty five team. All right, who did they beat to get in the top twenty five? That you know they were unranked before, and then they beat this team. Now they're ranked. It's like right. oh, this team that's now out of the top twenty five. You know, like that we found out wasn't as good. So preseason rankings do matter, all things considered. And I hate that, but um, you know we talked about voting enough tonight, so. With that said, we're going to move on to the beer review. This is the part of the podcast where we talk um, about beer, obviously, and sometimes it's a beer that we've never had before or one that we just highly recommend. And so we'll talk about our brand, the brewery, uh, the type of beer it is. It's IPA week, and we'll talk IBU and ABV and flavors and all that good stuff. So TJ, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with the beer review? Well, I kind of gave a little, uh, uh, you know, messed up earlier on. I, I I went too early too often, but Space Dust, <laughs> that's my IPA. I've been drinking it, um, well, ran out probably in the first 20 minutes or so, uh, so it's been a little bit, but everything I said earlier, it's a great beer. 
It gets you where you're trying to go. Uh, it's very strong. And it's very, the thing I like about it the most is how simple it is. So, uh, and we got the history lesson on the name, which is great. Uh, you got to love that as well. So I feel like I kind of ruined the beer review by doing it earlier on. And I just want to say, I apologize. You just teased it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> That's what I've got. Somebody else want to go? Yeah, I'll go. As a beer noob, you guys know that this is a constant uh, new ground that I'm stepping in here. But I was pretty excited because I live next to a honky-tonk liquor store. And they've kind of come up short with some of our other beers. But when it came to IPAs, they had an entire wall. So I reached in and grabbed uh, Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze. No clue what that is. Looks hipster as hell. Uh, Got a skeleton with a gold tooth. He's doing some things. It's a solid uh, one, man. Yeah, he has a uh, some he has like a flowery jacket. Looks like an Arizona, I don't know, tea can. He has some earmuffs on. He's really repping it. We got seven point five uh, alcohol, seven point five alcohol per volume. India pale ale, pale ale brewed with spice. I hope they mean like the spice, not the drug. Um, <laughs> so he opened it. Has a very it's new crack. Belgium, right? New Belgium makes oh, that one. Yeah, it smells. <laughs> it smells. <laughs> Have you ever been like out at a at a bar and the dude that's been at the bar all day is like super drunk, comes up, gets in your face and starts talking to you? That's what this smells yeah, like. I saw you last weekend, Matt. That's that <laughs> yeah, you, right? Yeah. So whatever my breath smelled like, that's what this smells like. That's this IPAs been, in general though. Yeah, this dude has been drinking since about eight AM. All right. <laughs> really bringing those aromas. He's got a little card in his hat there. He's really feeling it. Got a Snapchat link. So let's see what juicy haze tastes like. Oh, that is rough. Oh, that is bitter. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think you're an IPA on. guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is uh, that ain't no cold Bud Light. I, I knew a girl in college that liked people to pee in her mouth. I feel like that's what it tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? You knew somebody that liked that? We dated a little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So that's how you knew. So that's how you knew it. Yeah, so that's rough, man. Oh, he uh, knew her. He knew her. <laughs> really this, knew in her. the biblical uh, sense, he knew her. Oh, yeah. This uh this is biblically like bad. Like this is like all time plague bad. Oh, this is bitter. Um giving this a solid two. This is me drinking this tonight is equivalent to whatever Florida did on the basketball court. Mm. There you go. All right, somebody else give me. I just want to oh God. All right, let me I'll let I'll let Matt um go to the toilet or whatever he needs to do there. So um, I'm actually very excited about this. I'm not really, a, you know, everybody, I think everybody prefaces every time we, every anybody talks about an IPA is like, I'm not really an IPA guy, but I I'm into them as long as they've got like some citrus going on, you know, citrusy IPAs, fruity IPAs, things like that. So I picked this up today um, from probably my second or third favorite brewery, uh, Lining Kugels up in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, probably about the only thing I like about Wisconsin. Um, so I'm going to try their Lemon Haze IPA. So let me crack it open here and give it a sip. Hmm. Not bad at all. It's it's actually kind of, it, it doesn't really hit you, you know, in the nose or even in the, in the on the taste buds as much as you usually expect. The bitterness is pretty uh, mellow um what's the ibu on it yeah the ibu is uh 40 so it's not that bad oh, for that's an IPA. not bad at all yeah it's not that bad it's pretty yeah it's pretty smooth um, it's lemon you said lemon lemon haze yeah um hmm. so 
it's described as deliciously balanced and actually that's that's pretty accurate um and it, it is really well balanced doesn't even doesn't give the you know much of a hint of an ipa uh kick at all so uh, brings together notes of juicy lemons with citrusy bitterness of American and German hops. Um, yeah, it's nice. Again, it's it doesn't really like the citrus doesn't really come through a whole lot, you know. So it's kind of mellowed out. This is kind of like a lake a lake beer, you know, a lake a lake beer. You know, you're like maybe tubing or something like that. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. I like Lion and Kugels. I mean, their lineup is is amazing. I love summer shandies and you know for the same reason and then their autumn wheat that they had that i think they discontinued tastes like fruity pebbles so i don't know if any y'all ever had that but their autumn wheat was delicious and i think they actually discontinued it and came up with another wheat lager but uh lining kugels is solid and if you want to kind of dip your toe in the ipa world i would recommend sticking with something like this something that's citrusy so yeah not bad at all i'm a lining kugel fan oh yeah it's good stuff. Like I said, it's about the only thing I respect about Wisconsin. And the Packers, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can do that. When, with, with Cobb, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, and, hey, Big Z. Yeah, Big Z on right. defense. That's right. Should be getting back uh, maybe before the playoffs. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I picked up the Stone Tangerine Express Hazy IPA. It's... 6.7% alcohol by volume. Um, I think it's 75 IBU, which just seems higher uh, than I think I have admittedly been drinking it throughout the podcast. So this isn't my first try, but um, that was a little, that was a little higher than I was expecting to see, but we'll, we'll give it a sip here. So the tangerine definitely comes through. It also uh, is, has some pineapple in it, which Ooh. you get kind of a little bit of, um, of that coming through as well. I admittedly am not like a huge, like, oh, when I taste like bourbon or whatever, and people are like, oh, I taste vanilla and all this stuff. I'm like, I taste bourbon. Like my palate is not refined like that to be able to really like suss out all of it. Um, but stone honestly does, uh, I've never really had a stone IPA that I haven't enjoyed, um, which is why I got this in the first place. So I would definitely recommend, I think if I was going to say, compare this to a school i'd compare it to lsu basketball uh one of those things um kind of can sneak up sneak up on you um i like it probably a little bit more than i would like to admit uh they do some sketchy stuff down there uh but it's honestly like kind of entertaining and they always have a guy that's like a big scorer so i'll um i'll compare it to lsu if i'm gonna comp to a basketball team i dig it I dig it. I'll have to try it. It sounds pretty good. I'm not a huge IPA guy like Kyle said. Like, I feel like everybody says that, but uh, somebody told me that any – just try and get any fruit-flavored IPAs, like yeah, anything exactly. with citrus in it or something like that, and it'll be yeah, a yeah. little bit more palatable. And I forgot so, to mention real quick, Connor, um, the ABV on mine uh, from Lining Kugels is only 4.9%, so that's why it wasn't hitting me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the, in the face. And yeah. and that's why it's a good uh, – like, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Sip on them all day, so – all right, I'm yeah. going uh, with Gronkzilla from Motorworks <laughs> Brewing. So it's, it's, I mean, the can draw me, like drew me in. I'm usually a sucker for a good product uh, advertising there. But uh, the best part about this is the description that the website has for it. Motorworks Brewing's website has for it. It says it's passionately brewed with New England, with gen, genuine New England tears and double dried hops. So it's a uh, double dry hopped red IPA. 
I had I had one last night because I didn't know what I was going to get into and I didn't want to just like hate it. But uh, because it's such a cool can, I'm a you know I'm a Bucks fan, so I have to go with uh, my boy Gronk over here. But it's uh, it's pretty good because it's a uh, it has like it's the red IPA, so it's not super hoppy. Um, it's six point five percent ABV and a fifty five IBU, and so it doesn't hit like you said in the nose or even the taste buds that hoppiness to it. Um, so. I think it's funny that we we pick IPAs that we we don't like IPAs, but we're gonna try and you know drink IPAs. <laughs> like it makes no sense. But um, sticking with the Gronk theme, I'll I'll compare it to uh, Arizona. Let's go with basketball. Arizona basketball. Sean Miller. Uh, he's not super great, but you can see why people like him, and uh, he's better than Archie. And you can make a a decent run in the tournament, but he'll come up short when he has the the players that need to uh, dominate you know, like Aiton and Aaron Gordon. So yeah, I'll stick with a Sean Miller comparison there, but yeah, Gronkzilla is pretty good. And I, I highly recommend it. You probably won't find it anywhere outside of Florida and Tampa area, but it's in Bradenton, Florida, which is not too far from here, but my local liquor store had it. So before we, before we move on, do y'all know why it's called an India pale ale? I, 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 I do. I do. <laughs> TJ, do you want to say it or would you like me to? Well, I, I just know that they the the amount of hops had to be put in to keep it fresh from India, correct? Um, yeah, so- traveling across, you'll 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 know more of it. But the hops to keep it fresh, which made the beer taste different, is how you ended up with an IPA. Yeah, so they used to send when the British like empire stretched across the entire world, they would send beer as part of like the British soldiers' rations. And at this point, they had to ship all the way around, uh, like, the Horn of Africa to get to India. So they would send the beer, and it would go all the way around. It would take three months or whatever. And by the time the beer got to them, the beer was skunked, and it wasn't any good. So they had to, they essentially loaded up the beer with hops to, yeah, be able to preserve it for the, like, long trip. So, and when it got there, like, it was fine. So that's why it's called an India Pale Ale, because... It dates back to when they were sending rations to the British Army in India. The more you know, the more you know. Dot gif. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing about it is that, like, you can do like I saw this meme a couple weeks ago. I think I shared it on the Beers and Buckets Twitter, but it was the Kyle Rittenhouse like crying meme, and it's like my friends trying to convince me to drink a craft beer that's an IPA or something like (laughs) that. It's like that's the most (laughs) accurate thing that we can describe IPAs with. So. Yeah, the good um, thing about these that we picked out, these are pretty mostly easy drinking IPAs. So definitely yeah. try them out and, you know, dip your toe in that, like I said, and, and the, you know, good flavor all around, really. Yeah, if, if, I mean, if you like IPAs, I mean, the higher IBU, the problem, like, is the better if you like that flavor. If you want, you know, to drink an IBA, but you don't want it to be too hoppy, check the IBU and that, that'll definitely help you out there. So. Yeah. No All right, TJ, we're going to jump off here, um, but I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. I know you have a newborn, so you got to go be dad and you know, the house if she's not asleep already. But I, again, I appreciate you coming on and uh, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us and talking beer and basketball. And I think it was a great conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed it a lot. This was a lot of fun. Anytime, fellas, it was really nice getting to talk with some of you all. I know that we've interacted on social media and whatnot. Um, but to, to do this, and I think you all have got a good thing going here, and anything I can do to help or be a part of, you let me know, okay? I appreciate that. Where can uh, people find your work if they don't already follow you? 
if the Twitter account is not what it used to be at TJ Walker radio, you'll see some goofy tweets and then the radio show with Nick Roush and scooter dingus seven to nine Monday through Friday. I'm big X sports radio. 1450 AM in Louisville, 96.1 FM in Louisville. I, I prefer that FM dial for those in town that can listen. And then if you can't listen live, wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Kentucky Roll Call. And uh, I appreciate everybody that listens. It's, it's very similar to this, just friends talking sports and, and having a good time. That, that one, though, is at 7 AM, which is early. <laughs> yes, well, I appreciate sir. you coming on again, man. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you all. Have a good night. Take, take out your suck it and suck it, buddy. Take out your suck it and suck it. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's move on to Mid-Major Madness. This is part of the podcast where we give you updates on the fan team, on our teams. Um, These are all mid-major teams that uh, are, are normal teams that we root for. So we we update you on the record of last week and the player of the week. So the fan team, Loyola Chicago, they beat Indiana State and DePaul. Um, they looked really – like I really liked that Indiana State game. It was a fun game to watch. Um, they pulled away late, uh, but overall it was a pretty good, pretty good game. I didn't watch the DePaul game, but I just love watching Indiana State. Just give me uh, Larry Bird vibes, and I'm here for it. So – Lucas Williamson was the leading scorer for both games. And uh, he, so I think he's going to be the player of the week. He's just really been turning it on for them in the last few weeks. So go ahead and update us on your teams, guys. Well, before we, before we move on from Loyola Chicago, I uh, had another upset that I was going to pitch, but I decided to wait for here. Loyola Chicago plays Vandy this week. um, And I'm expecting Vandy to get a win at home uh, in Memorial against the fighting sister jeans. So sorry to to all the fans out there of Loyola Chicago. The but same Vanderbilt team Vanderbilt. that couldn't even score almost thirty points in a game or whatever against who was it that they played? They struggled. <laughs> That's not. We don't need to talk about that part. Yeah, the, the fact that they can't score. I love yeah. Scotty Pippen Jr., but he picked the wrong school to stay at. Picked the wrong school to begin with, but you know. <laughs> That's fair, but they had a little bit more promise in the Stackhouse before he totally crapped the bed. So. True. Well, I will give you all an update on the Richmond Spiders with this. They beat Wofford and you and I last week. They're up to 61 in Ken Palm, which is very exciting. All that said, we don't really care about how they're doing. The reason we picked them to begin with is because we were following Jacob Gilliard and his quest to break the all-time steals record. Like I mentioned on last year, last week's podcast, I'm a little sad that he was going to break it before I got to see him in person. Um, on the 17th, but against um, against Northern Iowa, he recorded his record-breaking steal, so we officially have a new all-time steals leader in college basketball. Um, I know that we like retweeted out on the podcast, but woo. like I said, Rick Flair, the, come on. yeah, woo. Uh, woo. We're like what eight games through the season, and he's still gonna like continue. He averages like at least three steals a game. So he's going to absolutely obliterate the record. 
uh, which is very exciting. Is he um, a super, super senior and like a COVID year or just it, regular super senior? All right. I think he's a super, super senior. <laughs> like the, the Richmond starting five accounts for over a third of their minute, but they're like total team minutes. Um, they have really six guys that they play a lot. But what's crazy is they their average age is like almost a year and a half older than the starting five of the Oklahoma City Thunder right now in the NBA. They're just their entire team has been there for six years. Well, you so, can't put an age on draft picks on future you draft picks. Can't correct, <laughs> Presty. You are right, Kyle. What you got? All right. So the Cougars took their first L of the season, guys. I figured it was coming. They have a a pretty hard uh, schedule, really. They they do a lot of road games. So they lost at Utah Valley by seven in overtime. You know, just a tough loss. <clears throat> but then they won at Missouri State by six. So they bounced back pretty well uh, the next game. Uh, they dropped in the rankings from 12 to 24. Um, I thought that was a little bit harsh to drop them that far. I maybe would have split the difference and put them at like 18 or so. But so they've got Utah State, and then they uh, go to Creighton uh this week so they've got you know a good test also coming up there so uh we'll see if they can pull through there but alex barcelo is their leader 17 or eight he had 17 and 11 uh in their loss and then 21 in their win over uh missouri state so they're hanging in there i mean they're a really really good solid team i like them a whole lot um so we'll see how they do this week and see if they can get um another big road win at creighton I was very close to uh, to picking for my Shark Tank upset was uh, Utah State over BYU, and honestly, like I uh-huh. I, I consider Creighton over BYU as well. Yeah, um, I mean, they got I mean, a those, tough schedule. Yeah, very tough schedule, and Utah State is actually like a sneaky good team. I mean, they're the ones mm-hmm. they're the only ones to have beaten Oklahoma this year. Not that Oklahoma has played a bunch of world beaters, but um, they they have a decent squad as well. So. So I, I I didn't pick it because I didn't want to steal the thunder and I knew you were going to be an automatic out uh, for uh, Shark Tank upsets if I picked BYU to lose. So, uh, but I, I'm pulling for the Cougars this week. Yes, sir. That's what we do. So as far as the Milwaukee uh, Patrick Baldwin's go, uh, they finally picked up their second win of the season. <laughs> you know, against Robert Morris, a tough team that we all seen Kentucky go head to head with. So a nice little eight point win. Uh, I mm. think uh, oh, PB&J had uh, 28 points, nice little solid game, something along those lines. I don't think he played against Youngtown State, which they lost by three. So, hey, well, you know my mission of the season is just to win the, the, the conference at the end of it. That's all that matters when you're dealing with these level mid-majors. Uh, but it's not going to be a good week coming up. I believe they go to Colorado. Uh, that's not going to look good. And they host Rhode Island. Looking at the games that they've played and uh, lost this season, I don't have a lot of uh, faith in them. But, hey, all this is is this is like a poor man's Gonzaga. This is just letting Patrick Baldwin come out there, get waxed by everybody. And then when they enter conference play, hopefully he gets hot, looks like the uh, lottery pick that he should be, and uh, makes his way into a tournament and um, holding out hope. And I will hold out hope. I will ride this all the way until they lose in the conference tournament because that's really all that matters. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. So, all right, Buffalo Bulls, they beat Point Park last week, and they lost in a close game to St. Bonaventure, who um, I was also very close to picking St. Bonaventure over UConn. I think that could be a sneaky good game this week. So, 
but I didn't. I refrained. Uh, but yeah, they they had a close game. I think they lost by like three uh, to St. Bonaventure. So pretty good. Um, Jonathan Williams, like I said, every week. I mean, he is the absolute best player on the team. He's their backbone. He did everything they, that he could to keep the game close. And, you know, all things considered that, he did a pretty good job. So he's going to be my player of the week. Um, Josh Mbala actually was the leading scorer in the Point Park game, but I don't really care about that game because that team didn't even have a logo on ESPN. Like, that's how like low they are on the totem pole. But they play Western Kentucky, and they play SJ Fish, which also doesn't have a logo on ESPN. So it's going to be a boring week for Buffalo Bulls. I probably should have picked a better team, but I really like Jonathan Williams, so I'm glad I, I stuck with them. So... That is it for Mid-Major Madness, and we are going to move on to the must-watch games of the week. This is These are the games that you guys, whatever you're doing, put on TV, put on the radio, put it on your phone, whatever you're doing. We were putting up Christmas lights the other day, and I just had a game on my phone just so I could listen to it. This is one of those games. So number seven, Texas, versus number 23, Seton Hall, Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Who do you guys think is going to win that one? Just give me a quick fire take. Seton Hall. The Fighting Devin Askews, Texas. Mm-hmm. Got me. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Seton Hall on that one, Connor. Uh, I'm gonna go with Texas. But um, then we have number 22 Wisconsin versus number 21 Ohio State Saturday at noon. Who you got? Ohio State. Got to have them ranked as high as possible when the Kentucky plays them. Ohio State because Wisconsin is bad. I'm gonna go Buckeyes. Yeah, I'm going Ohio State as well, just because. Uh, yeah, I don't think Wisconsin is as good, and they, they just beat a really bad Texas A&M team to make them look better. So, number 14, Houston versus number 9, Alabama, Saturday at 10 p.m. Who do you got? Alabama, Bob. Roll Tide. I'll switch it up and go Houston. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go Houston here. I think uh, the the hangover of beating uh, Gonzaga is going to hurt Alabama, even though it's been like it'll be a week at that point. So like it's going to be there. But they're riding that wave, and then Houston's going to come in with that tough defense that Kelvin Sampson provides. So, yeah. Um, number six Villanova versus number two Baylor Sunday at three p.m. Who you got? Where's it at? If it's at Baylor, give me the home team. If it's if it give me Baylor. If it's at Baylor, give me Villanova. No, it is at Baylor. Then give me Baylor. I think I'll go Baylor as well. I think Villanova is a little bit overrated this year. Yeah, I think so too. I think in Waco, Baylor might pull away and win that one by 15 or so. Yeah, I think Baylor will win, but this will be the game that Villanova has to win to stay in the top 10. Um, That's true. Or even top, I mean, we're being honest, even top 20, uh, just because they have had opportunities to prove that they belong in the top 10 and they've squandered twice, you know, both of those opportunities. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, so that's it. They've lost to. Purdue, who's like the number one team in the country, and they've lost to uh, UCLA, who's like a top five team. Yeah, so but like, then UCLA kind of got destroyed by Gonzaga, and then Gonzaga kind of got destroyed by Alabama. So it's like we can we can keep on doing that. I know, but like, yeah, Villanova has to prove that they belong in there, and so far they haven't. That's what I mean. I mean, they also beat Tennessee, who is yeah, that's true. They did beat Tennessee, but like we all said, and we think that. I, I feel I mean, your I point. I think we all feel that Tennessee is going to lose this week to an inferior I, Texas, Texas. I do team. like that. So, so for this game, Villanova plays Syracuse on Tuesday, and this is Baylor's next game all the way on Sunday. So they have the entire week to prep too. Yeah, so I honestly kind of like giving uh, giving them that extra time to prep. Plus, it's at home. I think Baylor's Baylor's riding high off that championship vibe. So, yeah, I just I just think there there's too much going against Villanova for them to win. So. 
All right, it's time for the last call. This is the closing segment where each host has a minute to share their closing thoughts, including hot takes, stupid tweets, and fandom talk. Um, these are the spicy, spicy takes, and it won't be more than like a minute or two. I do not have one this week. No one's tweeted anything that I haven't really like agree- disagreed with to the point where I want to call them out on this podcast. So, uh, But maybe that's because I got rid of a lot of stupid fans off my Twitter feeds. I don't know. But I have nothing for this week, so you guys go ahead and wrap us up, and we'll uh, get out of here. I don't have anything real spicy, but I just wanted to talk about just for a second. You know, last week, I don't know if it's two weeks now, or I know last week was V week, Victory Over Cancer week, and there's uh, quite a few people that in in my world, um, you know, friends, you know, uh, coworkers with uh, my wife, and and just family in general are dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of cancer is popping up here and there, you know, just all over the place in my life. And, um, you know, we had Dickie V come back from uh, treatment, you know, just about, you know, eight, nine, 10 days ago or so. And that was an emo- emotional uh, scene, you know, seeing him come on the air uh, to start that Gonzaga Duke game, I believe it was. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a terrible disease. And uh, V week is always an emotional week. And, uh, you know, when you see that speech over and over again, it never, ever gets old. And uh, I just wanted to uh, take time, you know, here and during the holiday season to remember people that are dealing with cancer and and uh, to keep every everybody in our prayers and thoughts as much as we can. Definitely. Very well said. Definitely. Uh, mine, mine's small, real quick. It, it's As Kentucky fans, we're going through uh, should-have-been-here-itis, if you will. Uh, between Memphis struggling with Jalen Duran, with Coffee Colburn really balling out, I'm, I'm sure that there's somebody watching Jalen Hardy doing something in the G League and be like, oh, they all should have came here. It, it just reminds you we're always so quick to say the games we lost or the players we missed out on. But I just think as fans we need to start enjoying um, the guys that we have and the games that we do win. And even when doing rankings, everybody's so quick to punish off a loss. I, where I think we should reward more for the wins. Um, so kind of to off a very trivial version, just piggy off, piggyback off what Kyle said, uh, just enjoy your team. And if you're playing a weak schedule, if you're struggling, if your guys aren't doing, just enjoy it. Because, yeah, Kentucky could have Jalen Duran and could have Imani Bates, I guess, with Coffee Colburn, but we could have a lot worse. And I'm sure your team is the same way, whoever you're looting for out there, unless you're a Memphis fan, then I don't know if it gives <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Unless you're a Memphis fan, then like, maybe not. Actually, I do have a uh, last call here. Don't try and bring God into sports at Penny Hardaway. That's it. I mean, like, God doesn't care about sports. He doesn't. He doesn't at all. So don't pray. Don't have your uh, entire city praying for your sports team. Yeah, I just saw that. I saw that tweet. It was an Instagram screenshot or something or whatever. I, yeah, I didn't really screenshot. see the whole story behind that. No, there wasn't much other than. Right. You know, it was just that that he put out. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't break out into well, sports. I'm, I'm, I'm very religious. Use myself. a lot of help. <laughs> I'm very religious myself. And I think that God doesn't care about sports because it's just sports. And can he bring opportunities to make himself known? And yeah, but he's not going to do that when. With uh, sports here, I just don't think he will. Yeah. Penny is something else, man. The the disaster everybody saw coming. What you got, Dal? Um, I guess I'll go with. So I had two things. One, and this I realized after because someone corrected me that this was not a new thing. But 
you'll all will hear me bring up Ken Palm a lot. Uh, it's easily the website that I look at the most uh, when I'm following college basketball. And they have a statistic on there called non-steal turnover rate that essentially distinguishes between live ball turnovers and dead ball turnovers. Apparently this has been there for a couple of years. I'm sure that I have noticed that, but it was like, like I said on Twitter, it was like me finding $20 in my pocket that like was clearly my money to start with, but I like get to get re-excited like when I find it. Um, so that's, that is great. That's my first one. Wake Forest is good. They beat Virginia Tech. Steve Forbes is cool. If you're a Kentucky fan and you think that isn't true, then you're dumb and go Deeks. Oh man. Yeah. There was some Twitter drama over the weekend. I think it's all we could put behind us water under the bridge. Steve Forbes isn't that bad getting over what his comments were taking out of the context out of Olivier star thing. Kentucky fans get over yourselves. Like not everybody's out to get Kentucky. Like, and I say that as a Kentucky fan, not everybody's out to get Kentucky. They are. And, and this is, I, I, like, I'm a Kentucky Wake Forest fan, grew up Kentucky fan, went to Wake Forest. So I, like, can see both sides on this. Can understand why Kentucky fans were mad about the comment about, like, why would you want to graduate from Kentucky after going to Wake Forest? Don't think it was a shot. Just think it was him essentially, like, showing his recruiting pitch and uh, and trying – I mean, like, that was the only pitch they had for Olivier Sar was to, like, hey, stay and get your degree. So I don't think he meant it as a shot. But also, I – would like legitimately think that if Kentucky fans could get over that and actually watch this Wake Forest team, they would one love how they play just because, just because they're a fun team in general. Um, But I also think that they would very much enjoy Steve Forbes because he is a, he's like a fiery, fiery dude, wears his heart on his sleeve. It's a lot of the things that we like about Calipari. Uh, Forbes has a very similar mindset. He is an offensive minded coach, but continues to preach defense Gritty, grimy, tough together. Gritty, grimy together, tough. It's some combination <laughs> of that is his uh, like motto, and it is it it lends itself to a very fun style of basketball. So, give Steve Forbes another chance, Kentucky fans. Yeah, and and if we're being honest, we all know why Olivia Starr went to Kentucky, and it wasn't to graduate from Kentucky. I mean, like right. it's it to get to the NBA. Thing. It's a basketball thing. So, like, get over yourselves, Kentucky fans. Oh, some people make me so mad. All right, so. We are going to finish the episode off here. We appreciate you guys listening every week. We have some loyal followers, and it's only like five weeks old, so it's still a pretty new thing for all of us, and we're so grateful that you guys listen. Um, We don't have anything to tease for next week other than just go drink some good beer, watch some good basketball, enjoy life, get out, enjoy the moment, go to a brewery. By the way, we'll save this for like maybe like a midweek flight segment, but you know, I think we should uh, talk about like the benefits of going to a brewery versus a bar. You know, I think that's a fun thing to to talk about. Well, we'll save that for a Friday flight or whatever we need to do. Um, where can we find your work, guys? You want to shout out any social media handles or anything? You can find me, uh, Kyle, at on Twitter at UK Fan Kyle. You can find me at uh, do underscore well Harmon on Twitter. Um, I don't have anything else to plug. So yeah, Matt doesn't want to be found. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he always says not to follow him. Anymore. Yeah, just, I mean, it's probably for the better because otherwise he's just going to troll you. <laughs> you don't want to find him, but you know. Yeah, you know off. where to find him. If you, if you want to follow him, you could find him. I promise you that. So, <laughs> all right. So, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. And go give me a team. Let's go Richmond Spiders. Let's go Jacob Gilliard for Roll forgetting five, that record. Dude. Roast Spide. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Spiders. So, you guys have a great week. Later, guys. Peace.
I, I knew a girl in college that liked people to pee in her mouth. I feel like that's what it tastes like. 